Thanks for tuning in. You've reached the John Papaloni Show. My name is John Papaloni. This is episode one. Today I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, a mortgage agent, Leo Sale. He's from Northwood Mortgage. How you doing, Leo? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. We're uh, heading into 2019. I'm uh, excited. I don't know about you. What about you? Very excited. Yeah, like what can you tell us about, uh, actually let's first start off by, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been uh, with Northwood Mortgage since I got my license uh, toward in 2016 and um, uh, I've been with them and I've been a mortgage agent since then. Uh, my business was pretty good for a starter in the first year and then last year I basically quadrupled my volume. And uh, 2019, I'm excited uh, to even double that, hopefully. Well, that's very, very exciting. That's a really good goal. I um, So, yeah, you, like me, when I was a realtor, you were um, going through the up and downs of the market just like I did. And, uh, you know, we've had an interesting year in 2018. They said uh, that last February is pretty much the crash. So they said a soft crash, which is, you know, like... I didn't feel it myself. I don't know if you felt it in your business. Well, let's say homeowners felt it because it really, um, for us, the business is still coming. We don't really do just purchases, right? So for you realtors, they only do the purchase transaction. For us, we do other transactions. We do the refinance, we do the transfer or switch, and we do the second mortgages. And then 2018, that was the year for a lot of second mortgages and refinance because People uh, have a lot of debt that, and the interest rates are going up, so they want to pay all, all that off. So the best way to do it is consolidate all this debt with your mortgage with considerably lower rates than your credit card. So if you're paying 20% or whatever in your credit card, you pay that all off and you put it all with your mortgage, you're paying an interest around three, between 3 and 4%, way cheaper. And it makes more sense. Of course. So that was that was one of the big things in uh, 2018. Yes, of course. I mean, like I read an article today that uh, basically said that a lot of people's focus for 2019 was to eliminate debt, especially credit card debt. Um, what alarmed me by it is that uh, the majority of the debt in that survey was credit card debt by 45%, where mortgages were 31%. So I found that kind of interesting. And I think, uh, you know, lowering debts in 2019 is a good goal to have. But, I mean, with the uh, changes in the market and all that, what do you think about it? Like, what do you, what do you think is uh, pretty much the outlook for 2019? In, in the sense of lowering debt, or are you talking about the market as up and down or the value of the, the homes? Well, I'm talking about more, you know, more on the finance end and and stuff like like with people trying to focus on debt. How do you think that'll affect the housing market? The housing market and, and the debt. I don't think uh, that will be uh, the deciding factor on on the home prices. I think uh, obviously the main thing will be demand. So the higher the demand the higher the, the prices will go and the other thing will be the interest rate if they continue going up as it was in 2018 then the prices will not go up by much and uh, if the the rates will stay as they are or might even drop because the economy some economists expecting the uh, the economy to have 
uh, especially in the States, they might have a recession. And if that happens, that will affect the whole market and that will probably uh, drop the rates or keep them at about the same rate. And if, and that, if that's the situation or that's the case, then the market might go up because the rates are not going up by much. Uh, the other thing will be the, uh, the stress test rules that came out uh, last year in 2018. That was the one for uh, people who are uh, doing refinance or paying 20% or more. They had to do the stress test as well, with, which is basically you do the stress test based on uh, the higher of the two, either contract rate plus two or the benchmark uh, rate from the Bank of Canada. And uh, if those rules, because there's some talk about from some, you know, let's say MPs. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if even this is, uh, it's going to be an accurate thing. But yes, th th we heard some uh, uh, talk that some MPs, they talk they might scale back some of those regulations. And if that's the case, that will increase the purchase power to a lot of people and that makes them come back to the market again. Because a lot of people got out of the market because they couldn't, they couldn't afford anything. I have clients, they've been searching, searching since April and wow. they haven't found anything yet because it just, the rates are going up and their affordability is going down and the market is not changing so they can't get into the market. So if that rule actually uh, change, then uh, that might have a positive uh, effect in the market. Well, I believe so, especially with the shortage of supply and uh, immigration is huge and right now, especially. I think that there's going to be even a shorter, you know, supply than before, which uh, can be very scary for people looking. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You actually got into the topic I was going to get into next, but I believe that was called the B20 test, right? Correct. Yeah, um, it it slaughtered a lot of home buyers in 2018. Correct. It reduced you the buyer that the, the buyer's purchase power by almost 20 percent. That's a lot. If you're buying a house for uh, your budget was for 500, all of a sudden you can't buy with that much, and only you can buy for 400. It's it reduced your power by uh, a lot, and that made uh, made it difficult to a lot of people to get into the market. Well, absolutely. I mean, it even uh, affected me. I was looking at houses, as you know, and I wasn't putting in any financial, uh, you know, clause into it because I was not worried about it at all. Where now, obviously, on my next search, I'm obviously going to be a little bit more uh, restrained with that. Absolutely, you have to. You have to. That that condition on financing, I always recommend for our clients. Doesn't matter what's your condition or your financial situation. You might have the best credit. You might have the like a very high income and you don't have to worry about approval, but the issue might be with the house itself. Yes, of course. So they might, you put a condition with no condition of financing and then that property might be red flags. It might have been used as a grow up in the past or even though legal weed, those things haven't changed much yet. That's true. Uh, and the other thing, the location, it could be very close to an industrial area or uh, next to a gas station and all that. Not all lenders look at this the same way because it's a higher risk when it's closer to a gas station or to industrial area. So if there's any accident or anything, the property is affected. So some lenders will say no, even though the client is fantastic, but there's issue with the, with the property. Or uh, if a, the client buying a, a condo and they have no idea about the uh, sales certificate of of yes. the condo building and they have no idea what's the situation of uh, 
of the condo building and and, uh, and the financial health of, uh, of the condo corporation and that matters too because if it's not good then you're not going to get approval either so all those things come to equation that the client has no idea about and no control over so because of that they always say put condition on financing right and speaking of clients and stuff what you know there's a lot of first-time home buyers out there that um pretty much feel there's no point and i've always preached that there is a point i mean like like it's like they've given up um what would you say to them and what tips do you have for a first-time home buyer who you know pretty much feels defeated you you always try to come up with a solution so depends on what is your issue if it's credit something you've done in the past then if it's something went to collection or whatever and pay it off and start rebuilding your credit pay everything off on time if you don't have any credit cards start one but uh, pay it off right away every month and continue doing the same thing all the time to build your credit because if you don't have any credit then you're not going to get approved. Uh, the other thing I've, I've seen with uh, first-time home buyers sometimes is the down payment issue. The down payment could be uh, some people, they get it, they get from family. Sometimes they don't have that option, right? So um, there's lenders who will allow flex down payment so you can actually borrow it as a line of credit, the 5%, and you can use it as a down payment. They have no problem with that as long as it fits within the debt service ratio with right. the purchase power. So it comes into the equation in that, but at the same time, if your income is high, it, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, another solution will be um, the region you're buying in. Some regions and municipalities have a first-time home, or pro- a first-time home buyer program when they lend uh, or the 5% to the, uh, to the buyer. And usually it's forgivable loan. So if you stayed in the house for 20 years, it depends on the, the location, but I would use Kitchen Water Loop uh, as an example because I'm familiar with that program. But if you stay there for 20 years in the house, the, the loan is forgiven. If you sell before that, you pay the 5% back. And if you made any profit in the house, you pay 5% of the equity as well. But you don't have any monthly payments or anything like that. So it's it's a very helpful program for uh, first-time home buyers. Uh, another thing would be um, partnering with somebody, a family member. Sometimes brothers buy together, brother and sister, uh, friends who are renting uh, together for a long time and none of them alone can afford uh, or qualify for a mortgage. So they say, you know what, let's, let's get one together and live in it for a few years and then hopefully we'll have enough equity after two and our income increase in a few years that we can do something on our own but it's a start so that's those some of the solutions that i always suggest to uh, first-time home buyers right once upon a time it used to be uh, easier to get more financing if you were using the property for a rental unit or if you were renting out part of the house even is that still valid uh, rental income is um, a whole other beast, but it's uh, different from one lender to another. So let's say most uh, like uh, traditional banks, they will only use 50% of the, uh, of the income. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the rest um, depends on the lender. Some, they will use 100% of the uh, income. 
if it's not the subject property, some they use 85, some they use what we call them rental sheets. So how much income is coming in, what's the expenses for the property, and then if you have a negative or positive, you add it to the uh, to your uh, to add it to your income if it's positive, or put it to your uh, liabilities if it's negative. So it, it comes down to what is the, or who is the lender and what's the situation if it's just you're renting it now you've been renting it for a few years is it at a full legal um, basement or you, the whole house is rented but if you're renting roommates uh, pretty much nobody take that anymore to equation ah so roommates pretty much isn't is a no go you might find an exception here and there the, the file overall is strong but um, uh, the general rule usually uh, from my knowledge, anyway, uh, they they uh, they don't accept uh, roommates' income. Well, that makes sense. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, I actually ironically lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you something along um, in terms. Uh, oh, I remember now. What I was going to ask you was in terms of like a lot of questions I used to come across is that no, well, not to come across. I used to see it a lot of times. People uh, go get their approvals. They go straight to their bank, whether they bank with TD, <clears throat> RBC, or whoever it is. Um, they just go straight to the bank and get a mortgage. Then they get sometimes they'll get declined from one go to the other. I mean, and then I like I always suggest, why don't you try a mortgage agent or a mortgage broker? And um, you know, can you pretty much tell the listeners why it's beneficial to go straight to a mortgage agent before you even go to the bank? I completely understand why a lot of people go directly to the bank. It's Some people have the relationship since they were like four or five. Their parents opened the account in that bank since they were kids. And they think they have the greatest relationship with, which sometimes they do. But within reason, you have to meet their guidelines. You have to have the great income. You have to have the great credit score and all of that to to qualify with them. But even even if you are. Let's say you are a triple A client, you have everything fantastic, but you still have options around. So when you go directly to your bank, you only have the option from your bank. So whatever product they offer, they have the fixed rate and the variable rate, this rate, this rate, they give them to you, and that's that. If you don't shop around, that's that. You don't know what else you're missing until you actually shop around. The thing is, shopping around, if you go physically from one bank to another to another, or you even call them over the phone, you consume a lot of time, because you'd be calling from one bank to one bank to another bank to another bank, and and each one of them will have their own credit check. Right. Right? But when, when you go through a, a mortgage agent, you, what happens is, I will talk to you, I will f- see what's... Uh, uh, the best lender to you based on your situation. So if you're AAA clients, you get the best rates available out there based on the down payment and all that because that comes to the equation too. But overall, you get great rates and sometimes, well, most of the time, actually better than the bank. And if that's the case, then why would you want to pay higher rates and more restrictive terms? Like in, in, in terms of uh, prepayment options and in terms of uh, penalties if for some reason or another you sell the house and break the mortgage. Uh, the other thing as well is you you get uh, your credit checked once. So instead of you going to each right. one of them 
and check your credit. I check your credit once. And then when we submit your uh, application to whoever lender, we'll send them a copy of all the credit with it. Right, which saves their beacon score if that's... Yes. Yes, it, it helps them with that. And it helps them with the, with the better rate and better explanation and understanding and, and the availability. So I get first-time home buyers; they have no idea what's the process. So I go through the whole process. And when we get to, to the approval point and they find the property, I'll go through fixed versus variable, what's this, what's this about, what is this about, and, and give them the options and what they want. And I ask them deeper questions about our, based on their income and based on their plans, are you planning on paying big chunks every year to pay this faster or not? Because if you want to pay it faster, then I want to find you somebody with a bigger prepayment options than the other one. So all those details, the banks will not ask you because they only have the one product. Right? right. So they're going to offer of you that, that product and, uh, and that's that. And then the other part of it, I will be with them from the beginning to the end. So when they put the offer, I give them the approval. And then from all that, I make, I connect, if they don't have a lawyer, I connect them with a lawyer. If they don't have, they came to me before even they have a realtor, I connect them with a realtor. And then when you have that connection, it's easy to talk to the realtor, get the documents that I need from them. Then I send the lawyer what they need. They send me what I need. And the process go nice and smooth with no issues. And you, it's easy to get a hold of me. You can text me, email me. Uh, send, uh, give me a phone call whenever and I'll respond to you as soon as I can if I didn't answer right away but uh, you don't have to wait and book an appointment or I'm not available on the weekends or what do you deal with when you go to you know typical bank right you know restrictive hours exactly so another thing I was going to ask you is another uh, thing that people worry about is if they go to a mortgage agent or a mortgage broker is there a separate fee not necessarily. So it depends on the client. So, <coughs> so if if the client, as we were just using an example to a client, you don't pay any fees whatsoever. Right. So whether it, they go to a mortgage agent, you get all the service for free. You get the the same service, way better than the bank. Let's put it that way. I'm sorry, banks, we love you, but it's the reality. Um, and. Uh, you don't pay anything. You doesn't cost you anything. Uh, when it comes to uh, other clients, depends if somebody has uh, bruised credit or uh, like uh, self-employed, so it's very hard to prove their income uh, or, or situations like that. Then we have uh, B lenders or alternative lenders, and in that case, there are a bit of fees, but still reasonable comparing to um, not having to uh, be able to refinance or not able to uh, to buy the house that you want. Right, which so makes sense. Yeah, and usually it's it's depends on the situation, but usually it's just a temporary stage, like for a year or two till you improve the credit or whatever reason it is, and then you move to uh, to an A-lender. And that when, when you do the move to the A-side, there's no fees at all. Ah, well, so... In that sense, if somebody has a little uh, bruise on their credit, you can still help them, basically. Yes. Right, that's always a good thing. Yes, it's always a good thing. It's, uh, it comes down, we we got clients who have uh, had bankruptcies, um, uh, consumer proposals. Sometimes they're not even paid off completely yet, so what will be part of it is uh, 
is um, to pay it off. Sometimes we leave it, we don't pay it. Depends on the kind of situation and the lender and how flexible they are. Uh, sometimes we uh, we don't pay the, the the consumer proposal and still get them uh, refinanced. Well, that makes sense. Um, Leo, what I was going to ask you also is, like, yeah, you help people who have poor credit. I'm going to ask you a bit of a challenging question. Has there ever been anyone that came, that you came across that you just in good judgment that you thought you shouldn't get involved for some reason? And are you willing to talk about it? Um, uh, I wouldn't say like, I'm, I'm willing to deal with anybody as long as everything uh, as, you know, legit and you're not trying to, you know, get me fake documents or anything like that. Cause well, of I course don't, that. But there are some clients who would, would uh, try to casually, like sometimes over the phone or whatever, or they try to casually like throw the idea of like, if you can get some, the documents improved for the income or whatever, I'm like I don't do that. And I wouldn't recommend it to anybody to do it. It's a fraud and, and it's not, good for so many reasons uh, not just in the personal reason for them if they get caught they would lose their home and whoever arranged that one for them they would get in trouble but it's actually a f- affect the economy it affects the rates and affects everything it's like you know um shoplifting yeah it, some of the reasons uh, the retail prices are higher to cover that loss that makes sense yeah. So, uh, yeah. When when somebody's like even hinting about fraud, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't deal with them. Yeah, I I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't. You know, I'm surprised there is anybody that would. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah. Like um, while we're talking about contact and stuff, why don't you let our listeners know how do they reach you? Well, um, very easy. Just you can easily google my name and uh, you will find me it's leo l-e-o last name is Saleh, s-a-l-e-h uh, my phone number is 519-573-0909 and um, yeah if you just google me you'll find my email phone number and everything about me really well that's great leo it's uh, been a pleasure talking and I-, I thank you for coming in is there anything else you want to uh mention before we go no i just want to thank you so much for this uh uh invite and i really uh wish you good luck with this uh, podcast i think it's a great idea and it fits you and your personality and uh good luck thank you very much leo you're welcome and i'm sure we'll talk soon talk soon